You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's time for Geeks Pub with Tim Robertson and David Cohen. I'm the Tim part. He's the David part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Two parts make up the whole, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes more than the whole, but not in our case. In our Uh, case, we're a little bit less than the pair of us. Well, when we come to <laughs> I don't know if that makes a whole or not, but yeah. So, any uh, exciting geeky stuff in your life recently? Oh, loads, loads. You know what? I, this whole good. we're we're in full lockdown again here. Um, it's regional now, but effectively yep. most of the country is in what they call tier four, which means that um, it's pretty much full lockdown, except for the schools will open. Though the the day that the schools are going to open changes every day, because our government's in a little bit of a, a flip flop mode at the moment. Um, but we're effectively foot lockdown, and I I find myself at the end of the year thinking, you know what? The one the one thing is this year has taught me is that I need to spend more time on the more important things of my life, which means that I'm going to spend more time watching tv and sitting on the couch because that's what this year has taught me isn't yeah. that that's the most important thing in my life so uh, yeah i'm gonna get caught yeah. up on all my shows um i haven't watched as much tv as i should have done in lockdown really um i've spent more time gaming as but, you should have done well because because <laughs> well because i've had loads of stuff that i've wanted to watch for ages and you, you you know as soon as you get effectively months and months when you're spending much more time at home you think well i'll get to all that and i haven't so um, I'm going. You know, I spent too too much time browsing through Facebook, and that's your fault. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it can be addictive sometimes. Yeah. So I, I don't spend as much time on Facebook. I I lose myself in stupid YouTube videos. Well, that as well. You know, but basically yeah. the internet in general. I've probably given the internet too much time and not enough time to uh, TV and movies. So. Um, I that's must fair. do something about that. That's not, that's this year's New Year's resolution is to use whatever's left of um, until life gets back to normal um, to uh, to do that. Interestingly enough, you sent me a joke uh, a couple of weeks ago about you trialing trying the Russian vaccine. Yeah, uh, and you know the joke is is that as you send it through the text, your uh, your message turns into Cyrillic letters. Correct. So yeah, I'm actually um, going in to do a trial of a vaccine this coming Thursday and that's not a joke I'm actually doing a, a real trial wow so um, I signed up for trials uh, probably last October November and um, they're now trialing a new one yeah and but, they but this is this is the penis growth serum <laughs> well that might be a side effect we'll have to see yeah yeah oh. sign me up um, <laughs> we're gonna we got basically two big topics yep. this week uh, listeners and we're going to start off. Well, it's it's the the bad and the good, the grumpy. Um, in oh, my oh, opinion, or the, the grumpy and the upbeat, depending on your yes. perspective. I was right. very surprised to to get a message from you about this first topic about yep. Wonder Woman. And the first, yep, the first topic, uh, David and I are going to discuss Wonder Woman. I assume anybody listening to a, she, a show called Geeks Pub have watched Wonder Woman at this point, and if you have not, maybe. Go watch it and then come back and listen to this episode. Yeah. Because um, in the second part, we're going to discuss both the Mandalorian season three and the upcoming slate, which we teased two weeks ago of Star Wars shows. Uh, but we kind of held uh, this for this week because I, I really did want David to see the last episode of Mandalorian. It's one thing to say, oh, I read about it. I know what happens. It's quite quite a different thing to, to watch it. Yeah. So, but let's start with Wonder Woman. Yeah, which, here. which again, you 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 reminded me last week, but then you reminded me last night. Make sure you've watched Wonder Woman. So I've actually, I actually finished watching it uh, about twenty minutes ago. So yeah, I, that's I watched it because it's pretty the, fresh. Yeah, it was. It's uh, so I downloaded it last night because it's not available for streaming here in the UK yet. It doesn't come out here for, on streaming for the thirteenth because here it has a limited theatrical run which as i referred to before 80 percent of the country's in tier four which means none of the movie theaters are open so i've very few people will have seen it in the movie theaters so i don't really know why they delayed it for to allow a theatrical run before they start streaming it here but that is what they have done so um i uh, downloaded it last night from somewhere else and watched it this morning 
So which is your initial, because obviously you just watched it, this is your initial opinion of the movie. So without without trying to have it too coloured by the fact that you already given me some slightly negative feedback, um, uh, really just one sentence, but it was fairly succinct. (laughs) um, I, I... it was okay. I had a lot. I, I've having. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It wasn't put it this way. It was nowhere near as good as the first movie. No, a, it's not by even the a same. Long stretch. No, it's yeah. not. And the and the sad thing is, it's all the same people, including the director and the writer. Yeah, I and and this is the to me. I think what's weak on it is the script. The script. Oh, by far. The, the script in the first half is is pretty bad. It kind of picked up towards the end, I thought. Uh, but I then, thought it, but then I, I thought but, it was. No, well, yeah, go ahead. The scripts picked up in the in the second half, but then the execution dropped in the second half, and and yeah. I, I just came away from it feeling that same thing you get from all the other many of the other DC universe movies, like from Justice League. You come back from it thinking, well, you know what, that was okay, but it, it really had a lot of problems, and this is the same, and and that's yeah. kind of disappointing. I think, you know, Gal Gadot's performance as Wonder Woman is as excellent as ever. I think Chris Pine was great in it. Um, I think a lot of the performances were great in it. I did not like Pedro Pascal at all. I thought no, he was he was chewing the scenery, overacting, and he didn't, yeah. he didn't really... Well, there were problems with the script in terms of his character because his character is so two-dimensional, and the only time they give her any, any explanation for... Uh, motivation for why he does what he does is right at the end of the movie, which I thought was completely and utterly pointless. Um, so yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really buy his performance at all. Um, but generally, I just think the execution, the script, all of it was a little bit uneven all the way through. It it jumps in tone in really jarring manners. It didn't seem to know whether it wanted to progress the plot or spend time kind of doing the, you know, Chris Pine, Gal Gadot, fish out of water romance thing. And it was jumping yeah. from that one to the other in between scenes. And you're thinking about, hang on a minute, this is Wonder Woman. She's saying it's vitally important that we go and do this thing, you know, the MacGuffin that drives the movie. And then they're kind of cruising through the air through fireworks in like a romantic scene. And, and you just think, this is stupid, yeah. you know? And, and it does that all the way through the movie. And... um yeah, I I really I was left deeply unsatisfied. It, it you could see the potential. I think the ideas behind the movie were excellent actually. I think the idea of juxtaposing 1984, the 80s kind of, you know, greed, greed is good, get rich quick, uh, you know, life is, life can be whatever we want it to be just by wishing it. I mean, that I, that concept and then the way they turn that on in the end on the on the head at the end, I thought was a, was a really good, strong concept. They just botched it. Yeah, you know? it, it, it was a train wreck for me from almost the very beginning. Yeah, um, well, well, the Themyscira scene—it's just like, what is that meant to show us? Apart from being another, don't cheat. yeah, another thing on the island. It's just like, what does that have really have to do with the rest of the movie? Not very much at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's about oh, you have to wait till you're ready to get what you want. It's like, well, that's a that's a bit wishy washy, isn't it? You yeah. know, um, especially bearing in mind the, you know, the uh, the lessons from the first movie. You know, it, it it was just basically it was rehashing part of the first movie again, um, and you just come it just and comes worse. across you like these Amazons are meant to be, you know, really kind of special. And actually, apart from Wonder Woman herself, you kind of get the impression that they're all a bit horrible. They're horrible to yeah. this girl, yes. you know. Um, and I think here's another thing as well. I'm, I'm watching that first scene. And I'm thinking there's all the audience watching the warriors do this contest and all of that. And so nice, Amelia got me thinking. So what is it like on Themyscira? Is it like you know they've got some who are really really good, and then a whole load of generic toga girls? And what yeah. do the generic toga girls do? Because presumably everyone needs feeding. You know the plumbing needs doing all of the things you need for a functioning society and are they just kind of plebs doing all of that when you know the queen and the Am- and the amazon warriors and everything go around doing anything else? and and, I, and that immediately came across to me I, was like, I thought the whole idea of the amazons is that everyone was equal and yet they're very much not equal in that first scene because no. there's a whole crowd kind of um, fawning over all these amazing warriors 
Um, so it, right from the first, like, immediately. Well, I guess I, you can always say first, first uh, among equals. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, but come on. The what yeah. the way it's portrayed is that like you know no, there's the plebs and then there's the elites, yeah. and and again immediately. I, and and the thing is that jumped straight out at me at the start of the movie and I thought immediately you're debasing the message of this place that was talked about in the previous movie uh, well that and the fact that you know one of the their calling is supposedly to protect this uh, mystical thing in Justice League you know that yeah. whole uh, the guy comes and gets the cube from them yeah. and they're there to protect it and that's part of yeah you know that that movie at the at the beginning did a pretty good job of establishing how badass all of these Amazons are, and then yeah. this movie kind of just crap. Yeah, all because 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 why would you, you know, you might you might recognize you would recognize the achievements of a fellow warrior, but you wouldn't just have them have half of them just sat in the stand, you know, kind of right. simpering over them in their in their clearly clearly different clothes than than the warriors types things. You know, if you're a yeah. warrior, you're not never gonna put down your armor and put the toga on are you um it just really it really struck a different difficult tone for me and and tone is a a real problem with this entire movie all the way through Um, well it's it's this movie is nonsensical you know the MacGuffin, as you spoke of made no sense at all yeah they never established where it came from how it does what it does no some it's completely nonsensical i mean basically they they ripped off loki yeah, they yes. said, and and look, they, at least they had the sense not to actually put him in it. But then, having said that, I think part of the problem with with all of this movie is that uh, Diana is a god or a demigod at least, and yet she's just fighting this businessman the whole way through. It's it's just kind yeah, of that's, lame. That's the big baddie. It's a yeah. She's fighting Donald Trump. Come on, <laughs> what are we exactly? And you know, I, I like uh, Pedro. I like the. Well, I love him. He's yeah. awesome. He just had just, an awful script to yeah. work with. They they took they made him into a Weasley guy, and he doesn't he doesn't fit that. You know, it's not. I mean, you watch him in the show Narco, and then you watch this, and you're like, yeah. no. Um, but it was kind of his weekend because that came out the same week that the Mandalorian finale came out. So I yeah. mean, he was kind of riding high there. Good for him. Um, here here's some smaller in move excuse me, in-movie issues that I had. Um, her wish is for Steve, Steve Trevor to come back, right? Yeah. It's been 80 years. That was World War One yeah. that the first movie happened, and she knew the guy for like a week, right? <laughs> she knew this guy for a week, and she's been pining for him for 80 years. Well, that's because he's played by Chris Pine. That's why she's well, pining. Pining for him, yeah. yeah. I got the reference. Um, that's why I didn't laugh. Um, it 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 was nonsensical. Well, what, look, why is I, she still? Yeah, I have I have less problems with that. To be honest, I mean uh, we are we that, that's uh, stupid. You know, well, well, it was. She's never met I've, anybody since him. First, well, first, why was he so special? Okay. Uh, first I'm, naked I'm guy gonna, she saw. I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push back on that. First of all, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think the time timeline of the first movie is is a week. I think it's more like a few months. Right, so you've got that there. Secondly, um, you know we've all we've all heard, and and it's a it's a regular trope in cinema of love at first sight. I mean, I just watched um, Notting Hill again last night, and that's a romantic comedy where effectively the uh, protagonists who end up getting married at the end have spent literally probably about eighteen hours together before before they end up professing their undying love for for each other, and you buy yeah, it because a it's a romantic comedy comedy now nah, they, they got a divorce three years later then maybe. <laughs> well well maybe i mean that that is uh that's bringing a bit of real life but to 80 but years the point the point is is that is that 80 I have, years yeah i know but i have less problems with that i have more problems for a start this the whole thing of this movie was it, it's it's in the title 1984 is meant to portray the 80s it right. was the most hackneyed cliche um, show of yep. the 80s I have ever I've seen in a long time yeah I was, was really really disappointed I thought to to use a comparison I thought um days of future past the x-men movie which showed the 70s did a yep. far better job of putting you in that reality than they did yes. here with the 80s it was basically as every um yeah every cliche of the 80s was kind of 
jammed into the screen at once. Yep. Okay, we got to show the uh, the outrageous hair, the costumes, yeah, the, uh, the break leg warmers, uh, the, yeah, all uh, of that. But the a, thing is, the, the other thing as well is the mo- there's a scene in the mall in a mall right at the beginning. Yeah, right. and they were obviously very proud of what they'd done from this mall, but it clearly all looked brand new. Yes. And I remember from the 80s, and what they failed to show in this is that actually everything that came in the 80s was built on top of the stuff from the 70s. So right. it was those pastel colours and the beiges yeah. and all that thing basically jammed onto old stuff underneath. Yeah, because they didn't do a lot of rebuilding in the 80s. They basically stuck it all on on the 70s stuff and yes. that that so it, well it, if you if you watch um strange uh, stranger things yeah they portray that perfectly exactly that their house wasn't full of futuristic 80s stuff it was a bunch of 70s stuff yeah. and 60s stuff with, that were with, wore out with the, new with stuff the poster kind of from the 80s jammed in the middle yeah right. and 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 i remember the moles from the from the uh, 80s and they they were 70s malls that had been that had stuff put on them you know to try well, and jazz had, them up we had malls built in the 80s here and I went to in fact the mall that we have here in town was built in the 80s but it was 70s sensibilities when it came to all yeah. the wood and stuff that's right because it was everything was very very conservative at the beginning yes. of the 80s this is 1984 yeah, by the end of the 80s, maybe, but at the beginning of the 80s, it was extremely conservative. This failed to show that completely. And immediately, as somebody who grew up through the 80s, it took me out of the of the environment we're meant to be in. You know? So she she's pining for Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor. Um, she wishes for it while she's holding the thing or something. Yeah. I, who cares? It, it was completely nonsensical. You're supposed to just accept the magic and the the gods from greek mythology in this movie that's fine you accept it in thor so what the hell i'm in for that but just this magic object that they never really get around to explaining on any level is awful it was um, yeah, she it, wants him to come back but why does okay here's my here's one of my biggest problems in this movie and no one seems to have talked about this from what i've seen so tre- steve trevor's spirit comes back in the body of another guy. That's what he does. Yeah, right? and it's, Why not just bring him back? Yeah. Why not? Boom, he's back. He just walks in the door and he's like, "How? Yeah. holy shit, what it, happened? And, I'm and, in the, they could show him in the plane and then he disappears right before the plane blows up and now he's in 84. Yeah. Because it's a wish thing. Who, who cares? It's magic. He, he comes yeah. back. Yeah, it's magic. <laughs> but instead, you murder somebody and let him take this guy's body. Right. Okay, so this guy wasn't dead. This guy was a he had a life. Yeah. He's walking around. He's got an apartment. Now, this spirit gets to take it yeah. and Wonder Woman's going to rape your body by the That's way. That's right. Yeah, because he basically he's he this guy gets obliterated. It's just like he's gone. His soul is gone. It's been replaced right. by Chris Pine. And why nobody talks about that? Now, They're like, "Okay, right. I'm gone." Wait, I'm, she's a good guy and she's like, "Ah, that guy was nobody. I didn't know him. Who cares? Yeah. My guy's back in his body." <laughs> That's fine. We're good with that. Now, now I get to on, have sex with them. Just hang on a second. All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate here for a minute. No, on, 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 no, no, I'm gonna play. No, just just give me a chance. I'm gonna put no. something in front of you. You can consider it or reject it as you want. But I'm gonna put it in front of you for the uh, for the purposes of our listeners, if nobody else. Okay, I'm watching this first section because there was so many cliches. The the geeky girl who drops the papers and somebody comes and picks the papers up and that's how she makes a friend you know all of this stuff it was it was so blatantly cliched and the actual yep. way the plot kind of plays out there's a MacGuffin they start doing things with the MacGuffin and all of this sort of thing it was so like an 80s movie to me that I wondered if it was deliberate at some point you know and, and I, I wondered if the kind of Steve Trevor coming into the guy's body thing, so that he can do the looking in the mirror. To me, I'm I'm looking at this thinking, are you trying to freak, are you trying to ape quantum leap here? Are you trying to throw it's a back? Free, it was a freaky Friday thing. Yeah, I wondered if it was a deliberate ploy to try and throw back to the way those kind of movies were demonstrated and, and presented in the eighties. Look at it. Look at some of you know some of the the crappy movies in the eighties. Look at a movie like Mannequin. Okay, you you've seen Mannequin. The one where the one where the um, Kim Cattrall is the is the shop dummy that comes to life when the guy who loves her is in the room. Have you seen that? 
dude, it's in the title. It's mannequin. Mannequin. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but that was the similar sort of thing. It was set. It was an early eighties movie, and it was a thing where a magic thing happens. Nobody kind of freaks out about it, um, and shenanigans ensue. Yeah, and I just wondered if that's what the vibe they were going for with the whole MacGuffin and Steve Trevor coming back in the guy's body and nobody kind of going, you know, getting too bent out of shape over it. Um, I wondered, and the cliches and, you know, the cliches of... uh, Here's my problem with all that, David. What? She has sex with the guy. No question about it, right? They're in bed together. Yeah. If the roles had been reversed, Wonder Woman inhibits this other woman's body and then he has sex with her, People would have been freaking out and losing their mind. You you will make a very, very good point there. They'd be like, oh, my God, this poor woman's body was just completely... She may as well have been slipped a Mickey for all intents and purposes. Well, yeah. But it's okay with if it's a guy. Let's face it. Which, by the way, look at Gal Gadot. I mean, I don't think too many people complain. But that ain't the point. Did Did this body have a life? Was he dating someone? Was he... I mean, it's it's just... It's awful. It, it was it just is. an awful plot point that they completely just like, ah, it's, it's and, a movie. And, and as you say, it seemed completely unnecessary. Completely yeah. unnecessary. It, it, it didn't seem... It, it, him inhabiting somebody else just didn't really have to... Apart from the, the cute meat type thing they do at the end where she meets the guy again who he used to inhabit. Um, right. Apart from that, it didn't seem to have any payoff. And that payoff was pretty weak, to be honest. I mean, oh, it, was, it, was awful. it was unnecessary. It would have been, and I've seen this done in other movies, but you know, in in fact, in a, a classic, another classic 1980s movie, Xanadu. Okay, I think it was yep. late, a very late 70s, early 80s. Olivia Newton John. Yeah, Olivia Newton John. But the whole, but part of the shtick of that is that he meets he meets uh, a, a a god um, in in that movie, and then at the end of the movie, she has to go away. And he's really upset, and then he bumps into somebody who looks just like her, right? Yeah. And and you obviously think that's the gods kind of working in it. They could have done that angle. People yeah. would have bought it. It wouldn't have weakened the script in any way. And yet, no, they decided to do this thing, which, as you say, when you stop and think about it, you think that's really, really rather uncomfortable, at the very mm. least, if not, if not yeah. completely... Uh, yeah, as you say, you reverse the gender roles, and all of a sudden it will be absolutely It's a whole awful. different connotation. Here's yeah. another issue I had with the movie. Um, about, not even, a little bit more than halfway through, they're trying to get to the White House, right? Yeah. And nothing has happened yet. Nothing. Mm-hmm. For the average person, other than this wall mysteriously appearing, yeah. which was stupid. Um, other than that, in the Middle East, some weird things going on in the Middle East. They go to the White House. People are running through the streets freaking out. Why? Why Why are all these people running around freaking out? Well, I think the idea is meant to be that they've all come to his offices and asked for wishes, and the consequence of those wishes are now causing chaos. I think but that's they didn't the show any of that. No, well, yeah, I, and to be honest with you, there were a couple of points in this movie when I thought... There is stuff that's been chopped away here that should not have been chopped away. Yeah, the whole they, progression, they, there's some stuff on the editing floor that yeah, should have been there. because The whole progression of Wonder Woman's relationship with um, Kristen Wiig, with, the, with the, the, uh, yeah. Barbara, yeah, became, was very, very uneven. One minute Barbara's upset with her, the next minute Barbara's helping her, yep. the next minute Barbara's in the room, seems to know full well that she has powers... And yeah. it came from her. That well, yeah, and and it's and it's and it's complete, you know. And Wonder Woman doesn't seem to be kind of. I mean, basically, for a for a a, a godlike being who's who's one of her one of her things is she's got incredible perception. Meant to be, she smells a rat with Max Lord straight away. She completely missed that um, that Barbara's developing powers or has right. her powers. A sudden change in personality. To, from the person she was the day before and she doesn't yep. immediately think hmm something weird happened That's to me yesterday hmm. uh, something weird happened to that girl yesterday who also had the had the stone yeah maybe the stone is I mean all of these things it's like she misses so much that obviously she has to miss to allow the movie to get well, to the Well, they, they even broke their own rules in the movie because clearly it, it establishes you get one wish right yeah well 
the dude gets the power to grant the wishes and he gives her another wish. Yeah. And and it's just I like, want to yeah. be unique. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be basically a you are going to basically a, a be cat. one of the thundercats. Yeah, you're a thundercat now. <laughs> and she's okay with it for a while. Yeah. It it was this movie is nonsensical on almost every level. Yeah. It yeah. was it was oh, one I, of the biggest yeah. disappointments and I I've said on the show and I said it just a few weeks ago. This was one of the shows, one of the movies that I was most looking forward to because yeah. the trailers made it look like, okay, they're going to be in the 80s. It's going to be very colorful. Um, you know, in the 80s, we had our Wonder Woman, which she makes a, a cameo at the end, which I thought it's one of the only redeeming things in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, Linda Carter. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. But I, I was looking forward to it. We're going to have good music. Nope. They pick a couple of songs from the 80s, and they're some of the worst songs of all time. Yep. Um, The editing was so bad that you you couldn't really follow along why they're going to this place and why it made no sense at all. Yeah, I, I, I really actually have a problem with this thing where people travel all over the world in instants. In yeah. order to be able well, to what the hell the can she make a whole jet invisible? Don't you think that would have been helpful to the Justice League thirty years later? <laughs> she, she never bothered doing it. Um, also, as and well, how, do, how does as how, well, how does she do it? Yeah, no, she not, not concentrates really hard. It's Steve, stupid. Steve Trevor, a World War One pilot. Who, yeah, you who can fly a, a biplane. He flew biplanes. Suddenly, you can, can fly an F sixteen. Well, suddenly, yeah. you can fly a a, a a a jet. By the way, though, that particular jet they used, which was a tornado, didn't have side by side seats. But that's a a, a yeah. small yeah. a small detail. But the it other thing as well is, you're telling me the Smithsonian Smithsonian keeps fully fueled, fully functional, yeah, ready fully to go. ready to go fighter jets on the apron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's so. It, it's so nonsensical the and problem, stupid. Yeah, the, look, I mean, I, I can hear a lot of people going, you guys are arguing about detailed fictional points in a superhero movie. But the point is, these are the sort of things that exactly take you out of the movie. This is actually... This movie is, probably cost $250 yeah. million dollars to make. The, por- the problem and is... this is yeah. the shoddy crap that... DC is amazing to me because they made The Joker, yeah. which is it's a great movie it really is and it came out a year ago they can make the joker they can make the dark knight and then they can make the first wonder woman and then they come out with wonder woman 84 who the hell is in charge over there Uh, i I know at this point sell the properties to some company that knows what the hell they're doing i get that they're saying okay you know what we're not doing the marvel thing where everything is under one umbrella they all are part of the same whatever we're going to have a multiverse. So you can have multiple flashes and Wonder Woman's. And okay, great, because then we get a good movie like uh, like Joker. But man, you guys are just so in, inept and incompetent. And they're like, oh, it was a big success. Just because a bunch of people watched it doesn't mean it was a success. If, if success means it made money, how do you know? Yeah. How do you know it made money? I, I, how do you, well, a bunch of people streamed it. Well, it was free. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, you have a subscription, but it was basically free. I, don't get me wrong; I'm sure if 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 things were normal and this had come out in the movie theaters, it would have made a lot of money. Uh, I think it would have done well. You know, I think it been, would have done well the first week, and the yeah. second week it would have sunk like a stone I because mean, the reviews would yeah. have came out, and well, people would have been reviews, like, "This is awful." I've seen the reviews; the reviews have been relatively kind to it. But I, I think, you know, I think they really are giving it a pass. I've got to be honest with you because it's just it is a bit look this is the sort of going back to the 80s and 90s this is the sort of um, a superhero movie we used to get where exactly. it had all of these inconsistencies and you just kind of had to roll with it but the problem is we expect better than that the first Wonder Woman movie had a logical consistent story all the way through from beginning yep. to end it's one of the reasons it's such a good film this does not and you know, then throw in some of the execution errors, the uh, the special effects. I had a real problem with. I've read yeah, articles bad. online saying that that you know they use a lot of practical effects and they're really proud of that and everything. And the problem is, you could see that that only made the CGI they used even worse. Yeah. yeah? Every time you see Wonder Woman kind of leaping through the air, it looks like um, it. 
it reminds Green me scheme. of you remember those toys you used to get where where it was a paratrooper in a pl- with a plastic parachute and you'd throw yep. him as hard as you could up in the air and he would yep. then float down again she looks yep. like that every time she's jumping well you could tell she's on a wire rig and then and on then a green they screen. CGI'd her in it just yeah, it just didn't convince then all of a sudden the lasso of truth that seems to become like Spider-Man's webs and that's but how it she can gets somehow around. hook on clouds and lightning yeah exactly bolts now the, you know what the clouds and, and, the clouds still and lightning really bolts good. yeah the clouds clouds and lightning bolts I could kind of live with because that's the point where she's learning to fly but in the beginning of the movie she's swinging around that mall like she's Spider-Man with a lasso yep. that's not what Wonder Woman does no yeah and it and it didn't and it, you know the lasso changes length it it's you know it just it just didn't land for me the whole action sequence in Egypt was a great excuse me was a great sequence but I didn't understand why it had to be in Egypt I don't understand why they went to Egypt and went back and what was the point yeah there was no there was no logical plot point for that they tried to shoehorn it in but it didn't make a lot of sense except that it gave them an excuse to do a desert truck scene which I think was meant to be a throwback to uh, Indiana Jones I think this is what they were trying to do all the way through is they were trying to evoke the memories of the 80s by echoing movies and TV shows of the 80s in parts of the movie. I think that whole sequence in uh, with the trucks, with her sliding along underneath and everything like that, was meant to be about yep. that classic Indiana Jones uh, truck chase scene. She, they even did a point where, you know, she pulls she pulls up to the side of the guy and reaches in and rips out the, the steering wheel and grabs, grabs him, throws him out, all of that stuff, which was in that classic uh, Rages of the Lost Ark scene. Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to do. But the problem is it, it, it just, because they shoehorned all this stuff in, it just ruined the movie, to be honest. Yeah. And then we come to the end. We come to the climax, right? Um, all of a sudden, they, they've they gone beyond the 80s to invent tech that even we don't have today, that apparently had in the 80s nobody knew about, right? Yep. As, a, as a plot point. To try right. and give, we, we can have these satellites that can that take can over any screen yeah, can in the entire world. Yeah, exactly. Can communicate the entire world at once, right? Um, well, you know, it was it was just such a um, again another MacGuffin. It was like let's throw something in to enable something that the character has said he wants to do. How lucky is he that it's just suddenly been invented? It would have made more sense if he'd got somebody to wish for something like that. At least that would have been more internally consistent to the movie. But no, they just kind of threw it there. How convenient! There was an awful lot of convenience in this movie, which was odd for a movie that's about somebody who can fulfil wishes. But yep. there you go, right? So uh, that's that's Wonder Woman eighty four. Um, on a classic A through F being an F a complete yeah. disaster what do you give it? Uh, I'd probably give it a C really? Um, I, I have to give it an F I, I well it, I can't get past I cannot get past certain things that are just yeah it made no sense to the plot it made no sense to do it that way it was some of the laziest writing, and they just stole so many ideas from other movies. Yeah, and, I, I and can't also, give it a pass I think, on any level. I, as I said, I think some of the design execution was really bad. Take the armor, really bad, right? They make this yeah. great big deal about the armor, yeah, that she wears in the in the climax. For a start, you as soon as she lands with the armor, you think, "What? She's going to fight people with those two great big wings on?" That doesn't work. Yeah, right. that's just just nonsensical. Sure enough this magical armor that apparently was the strongest armor ever made those wings just get ripped to pieces and drops because um they realize they obviously realize you can't fight in those they had to get rid of them it's like well so okay don't make a big deal about how great this armor was those wings apparently could hold back the whole tide of mankind and yet cheetah can rip them off with a few strokes uh yeah with her fingers yeah and because you even see bits of them flying off and you just Mm -hmm. think this is what what a minute what why is she wearing these she doesn't yeah. even need the wings to fly because she's already proved she can fly and nobody wants them. to see her in that costume anyway no exactly it's a stupid costume yes so, put her in yeah, a regular i gotta costume. give it an f it's, it's really bad now let's go let's flip this and let's flip it to something that i think is amazing that i give it i gotta give it an a plus and that's the season three of the mandalorian um yeah. wow uh, obviously, when we did the last show, you hadn't watched the last episode, so we kind of skipped it and we teased it, but we didn't actually talk about it. You have seen it now. Yeah. Um, we'll start at the at the at the very end, mm-hmm. where look, the season one and two is all about the child, right? Yeah. 
and that he has to he figures out early in season one that he he needs to take this to back to its own people and its own people is a jedi and so we get ahsoka which i think we both agree was so well done yeah and then we get luke skywalker at in at the very end well yeah i mean you've got to hand it to these people i mean they they are the kings of the no they wouldn't dare do that payoff and then they do it anyway (laughs) well i watched a couple reaction videos on youtube of people and they all start at the same point they're on the bridge you know these death troopers are knocking on the door yeah the bad guy is like haha they're going to come in and kill all of you and you know that they are going to do that these things are just tough as hell there's no question they're all about to freaking die yeah and then you're shipping coming a single x-wing and she's like oh single x-wing we're saved yeah yeah great and now as man these guys are so good at movies and shows we all know or we all suspect oh my god that's luke that's a single x-wing yeah but even i got choked up i'm like "Mm -hmm." you think you think no they're not going to they can't do luke yeah i mean luke this is 10 years after return of the jedi it's not the luke from the horrible movie that they just had a couple years ago and then a hooded figure you see it on the black and white monitor the 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 lightsaber come out. Yeah. And you're like, could it be Luke? No, they're not they can't be Luke. It's it's got to be somebody so else. So I yeah, I was watching this with with Alexander. So as as you mentioned, I already knew that it was Luke because I'd read up beforehand in anticipation of the last show, but obviously Alexander hadn't. He didn't know at all. And so I kind of saw this through his eyes. Yeah. So when the X-wing turned up, yeah, and he's not as familiar with Star Wars as you or I are. When the X-Wick turned up, he he went, well, well, who could that be, right? And then and then and he's thinking it's Kylo Ren, right? That's what that's that's what's in his mind, and he's thinking, oh, it's going to go dark, you know. Then the lightsaber comes out, and he's he's in it's in black and white, and this was what was clever about it. It's on the monitor, so it's in black and white, which means you can't see the color of the lightsaber because right. exactly. the color of the lightsaber is what gives it away. Yeah, yeah? and as soon as well, it comes, gloved hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you couldn't really see that on the black and white monitor right. either. But as soon as you see a color shot, yeah, and and that whole sequence. I mean, it took the uh, Darth Vader sequence from Rogue One, and it turned. Yeah. It said, it said, oh yeah, you think that Hold was my good? Beer. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, and this is a TV show. This is not a movie. Yeah. No. And basically, it showed what uh, you know a a well trained, force sensitive. Yeah, this uh, is, Jedi. This is, yeah, these this are is, these are death troopers that have this elite band of Mandalorians and these real badasses. Um, that's just taking out a whole bunch of stormtroopers, yeah, shitting themselves because these things are unstoppable. They're yeah. single-minded, unstoppable killing machines. That's what they are. There's no humanity in them. They're droids. And then you see a Jedi Master wade through them like they're freaking toasters. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just almost effortless for him. And, and obviously, yeah, obviously we like know nothing. we know standing outside of that that those sorts of sequences of Jedi slicing through droids was very yeah. much the stock in trade of the Clone Wars, exactly, uh, and was always great to see. But to see it in live action, oh. particularly with droids that you know are a real threat, um, even well, even you know, in the Phantom Menace, you know that yeah. you see these Jedi just just ripping through these. But those are the little pathetic little stick droids. Yeah, <laughs> these things. These things are the real deal, yeah. and he, Luke just eats them alive. Just he just—it's not even close. I love that bit at the end where basically he can't even be bothered to um, slice, slice through one. it, so he just kind of force crushes it. It was yeah. just awesome. You notice they got a shot off though. Yeah, there, there's tiny little things in there that I've watched that the end of Mandalorian three or four times now, just specifically that, and it's just so well done that. The anticipation, the, oh, my God, can it be? Um, the only part for me that was a little, eh, I kind of wish they would have recast it with mm. somebody else. And he announced, I'm Luke Skywalker. Because um, he never actually says his name because no. he doesn't have to. Yeah. Because they CGI'd, they de-aged, if you will, yeah, a young I, Mark I know, I know there's a few deep fake experts out on Twitter are going, oh, I did it, but I could have done a better job. I, I, 
I bought it to be honest. So I thought it was. Oh, fine. we bought it because it you know? was awesome, but yeah, it, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah, and and the whole the whole dialogue between them was a bit stilted. Um, it was, you know, I I just. But the dialogue is just, I mean, as good as that was, though, the moment where he takes his helmet off, which isn't as big of a deal because he just did in the episode before that. And I kind of wish they hadn't done that. I think it would have had more impact because the thing is, he's not just taking his helmet off for Grogu. He's actually taking his helmet off in front of a whole load of people, including a stranger. I mean, yeah. it would have had far more emotional resonance if he'd not just done it the episode before, because now you kind of you, you might you might be thinking, oh well, he just isn't bothered about his helmet as much anymore, rather than it being a big thing. Which is okay from an actor standpoint. I'm sure that he's kind of happy that he doesn't have to wear the helmet every scene nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but from a story standpoint, I think it actually works. It it shows uh, this character character's growth. But when the baby yoda touches his face that is just this guy is such a good actor he's playing against a puppet yeah it's a puppet there's a puppeteer standing right next to him moving his hands up now they cgi and you know the wires and the rods that are moving the little things hands and stuff but he's playing very well against a puppet, and his emotions are 100% believable. Well, not only that. I mean, props to the puppeteers. I mean, the pro- the, mm-hmm. the motions on the puppet, are, you buy those as well. Yep. I mean, you know, don't don't kind of th- cast that aside. I, I think I think they are very much uh, underrated in this show in that they have to turn that thing into something that we believe is real, and they do. And, um, they absolutely do. You know, that is that is an achievement as well. And then one of my favorite scenes from the entire series so far is when R2-D2 rolls up behind Luke. Yeah. What an amazing scene. As much as people like BB-8, and people do, no one really liked 3PO, by the way. Everyone always thinks that we like him. No one really liked 3PO. We just didn't. Um, But when R2 rolls up, the interaction between Groku and R2 was just Oh, it's it's classic yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. I mean that that was so heartwarming. Uh, heartwarming. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah, I I think this season might it may be better than the first season. <laughs> it had yeah. so many better payoffs. Yeah, I you know it did. the big I, dragon that they fight that was an amazing. You know the the cop yeah. who has Boba Fett's armor that was that was kind of cool to see Ahsoka come back. And done so well by one of my favorite actresses, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I liked. I I enjoyed the. Um, I thought the prison break kind of truck run episode where they had. I mean, you know, I thought that was really well done as well. I thought mm-hmm. it was really, you know, <laughs> I I loved the whole thing of um, him being on the roof of the trucks, and every time he thinks he's defeated all the guys, there's more and more of them, and you see that kind of resigned. Oh, here we go again! Thing I thought that was yeah. really well done. I thought, yeah, you're right. The, the interaction whole... between the imperial officer yeah. and Bill Burr, yeah, where he's just sitting there, and you can see that he's getting more and more angry, yeah, and until he finally just shoots the guy. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, it... th- there was nothing about this series so far that I can really pick apart and go, "Ah, oh, that's not Star uh, well, Wars." Now, I know you had a bunch of like, "Oh, it's the." It's a canteen, but well, I had, I had less of that this I didn't season. Have a to be honest, that. I kind of I kind of let it go a little bit. The only thing that I think really bothered me, and we are going to come onto this because of what of the um, the scene after the credits on on yep. the on the finale, I felt that um, Boba Fett was really underused. You know, uh, after, I think on purpose after after you know the the scene on the planet where um, where uh, Grogu gets kidnapped by the by yeah. the dark troopers. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was great in that episode. We see him come back. We see him do some badass stuff. We see him reclaim his armor and all that sort of thing. I kind of you know I w- I was in all in on that. And then for the next two episodes, Boba Fett basically just becomes their pilot. I just thought. You know, I I'm. I don't know that scene with him and Pocatan and that other Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, the way no, that was cool. But then the they bar. didn't go anywhere with it after that. He basically is then stuck flying Slave One, and I just thought well, that doesn't. Boba Fett's not a hero, dude. Huh? Uh, well, yeah, but he he was in debt. You thought he'd you know be part of the uh, of the action, and he just really wasn't. And um, I I felt a bit 
annoyed by that really not it wasn't a big problem for me but i just kept on thinking well hang on boba fett's just gonna fly away and leave them to it i just it just didn't go for me though they did kind of make up for it with that end scene yeah so that end scene i knew there was an end credit scene because i was a day late watching it right and nothing was spoiled i had no idea luke was in it and i had no idea about an r2 for that matter yeah and i had no idea about the end credit scene and it was a couple days after it came out that people were like was is that season three of the mandalorian it's going to be boba fett no boba fett the book of boba fett um is a is the next one as far as you know uh, continuing this storyline well, well, right is after it? That we is get, it? I mean, we, I well, we we don't know. I mean, the, they've announced the Book of Boba Fett as a separate show. So, right, but I know the Mandalorian season three comes out comes in right after that. So, right, okay, I, 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 they cross over. I, okay. You know that, yeah. Because um, obviously, the the plot for the Mandalorian now is that I mean, he owes Bo-Katan, but mm-hmm. we have this peculiarity that he is. Un- inadvertently become the ruler of Mandalore because he yeah because he's got the dark saber because he he defeated yeah that, the, the dark saber apparently is like the uh, elder wand in Harry Potter in the yeah you, you can have only, to defeat the you holder. have to defeat the holder in order to yeah. get it yeah. mm-hmm. so um, that, that I love that um, did you know the actress who does the voice or who who played Bo Katan did the voice in the Clone Wars series for. Uh, oh yeah, she what Case Sackoff, who was yeah. um, she was Starbucking in Bastard Galactica, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yep. She I, did the voice. In I the didn't know she series. did the voice. No. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I watched the making of season two. That's why I, I picked that up. I was like, oh, yeah. get out of here. Um, the book of Boba Fett. Here, let me play this. So what's playing in the background is a remix. It's not the official thing, but the guy takes a lot of the music from it um, is the theme for Boba Fett which man I, I gotta be honest with you it sounds like Boba Fett yeah I mean that is one of the best themes I've ever heard in my life it's yeah. just wow it's so amazing so so here's here's the the well the the interesting thing to think about with the book of Boba Fett is it is a you get the impression from the post-credit scene where he effectively, you know, destroys um, what's left of Jabba, Jabba the Hutt's entourage and takes over. Is it is it going to be a redemption story, kind of like the Mandalorian has been, where you know at the beginning of the Mandalorian is just a bounty hunter and he's just looking out for himself, and then obviously he interacts with the child, and then and then his his approach to life changes. Are we going to see Boba Fett? do a redemption story like that or are we just going to see Boba Fett be the ruthless mercenary taking what he wants I hope we get to see the latter I want I to see be a an anti-hero story I don't want to see a um, Boba Fett become the all-round good guy like the Mandalorian no, has been going. I don't think you're going to I here's the so. thing John Favreau is a huge huge fan of um, I, I saw him in a he used to have this series where he sat around a, a a big giant round table and right. he would have you know um directors and actors and, and what have you you want to get up here or you want to get down you got to make it my kitty you're driving me crazy i put him down she just keeps going around my feet so i yeah. pick her up and then she wants to get down again make up your mind um the cat's name is luna by the way harry potter yeah yeah um I think that he's going. It's going to be uh, the the rise of Boba Fett, and that he is going to become the, a, a criminal mastermind. Right. He's going to be um, a, the mob boss, the Godfather type of character. Yeah, but the, um, the problem with being a mob boss is you you know mob bosses don't get their hands dirty. I want to see Boba Fett get his hands dirty. Yeah, but you know, you know I, I think you will. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what everybody wants. Yeah, and and if there's one thing that you got to get up to these creatives. They know what the Star Wars fans want. Yeah. We don't want to see a good guy, Boba Fett. Yeah. We've got that in The Mandalorian. We don't need it in Boba exactly. Fett. Exactly. Uh, but maybe, Fett maybe it's going to be a badass. revenge story. I mean, the guy, he, he, he clearly has. Was he going to go hunt for the Sarlacc He clearly has pit? some payback to hand yeah. out. And maybe that's what it's going to be is about he's well, going to. 
Well, you know, he, you know his biggest defeat came at the hands of Luke Skywalker and, and uh, Han Solo. Yeah. So is he going to go after those guys? Well, I kind of get See, the impression. Well, I, I kind of get the impression he changed. He he was, you know, from that credit scene, it looked like he he hold held Jabba's people far more responsible for all of that than yeah. than anything else because you know. They let's face the it. Actor nobody who played, nobody uh, went to fish him out of the Sarlacc pit, did they? What What was that guy's name? Uh, what Bib Fortuna? Bib, yeah, Bib yeah. Fortuna. The actor who played him um, is the same actor who played him in uh, Episode One. Right. Same actor. Yeah. But he actually was working on the Mandalorian series. He's like a, a, a sound guy or something. Right. So they they had him do the role. I mean, yeah. it's it's a very short role. Let's be honest. But, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. You know, uh, I I have to say that the Mandalorian season two was amazing. It it more than lived up to my expectations. I spent a little bit of time looking ahead because, I, and I got to give it up to 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 Kathleen Kennedy on this one. She let the book of Boba Fett. They had a big announcement of, of the slate of new Star Wars projects coming up in the next year or two. Uh, just a week ahead, or two yeah. weeks ahead. No, it was one week ahead of the season finale. Yeah. And she didn't mention the book of Boba Fett because they have the big reveal at the end of this yeah. show. They didn't. They didn't spoil that. That which was, yeah, which is also uh, perhaps against their interests because um, that was an investor conference. It was about yeah. it was about trying to reassure people who invest, who Disney have stock in Disney getting, that they know what yeah. they're doing. So yeah. to to hold back well, a big reveal like that was uh, well, I think it does show them what. Yeah, I think it does show that they know what they're doing because it would have been spoiled. Um, first thing was uh, Mandalorian season three. Obviously, that's supposed to come out around, after Christmas of twenty twenty one because it clearly says December twenty twenty one is Boba Fett, and mm-hmm. now they've already said now. We don't know how many episodes or anything, but they did say that Mandalorian season three starts after Boba Fett. Yeah, but presumably the crews who are filming the Mandalorian are going to film that in parallel. I would imagine I, uh, because well, you they've know, already it's the started same, production. It's the same team, isn't it? It's the same production unit, um, and they also know. they also have this uh, you know wicked cool way of making these shows that means that they don't need a lot of location work. Um, right. And all of that. The only thing they had to do on location for this last season of Mandalorian was the uh, desert scene, yeah. the kidnapping. So that's been announced, Mandalorian, and obviously uh, the book of Boba Fett. Andor was, we already knew Andor was coming. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I'm really looking forward to it. Now, this comes out at some point in uh, 2022. Yeah. This is the and, prequel series to Rogue One. Yep. Yeah. And the robot that everyone loves so much in Rogue One is in it because yeah. Alan is does the voice and he did the motion capture and he is scheduled to be in there. Yeah. Um, th- I I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, you're going to go back in time, but that's okay because it, it's kind of interesting. I, yeah. I want to see kind of. I, I mean, it kind it's kind of bummed out that we know that this guy dies in Rogue One. So as much as you may fall in love with this character, yeah. <laughs> He's got a he's got a fate coming up. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I, I think it should be really good. They've already started filming, they've already started production. Uh they had this video of them building these sets and stuff and it looked really interesting. Okay. Another one coming out in twenty twenty two is Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Bit bit of a mystery this one really. We don't really apart from the fact that it has got Obi Wan Kenobi in it, we don't really know very much about we also know it has Darth Vader in it because Hayden Christensen is um, confirmed to be Darth Vader in the series. Yes, mixed feelings on that one, really. Um, um, you know, Hayden Hayden's got a lot of work to do to redeem some of his prequel work. Really, well, um, I think that he's a, probably a better actor now. I think that oh, the material so. is in the hands of people that know what to do this time. Yeah. Um, I've, I saw some response to people going, hey, wait a minute, you know, he says, you know, we meet again, and, well, yeah, but he didn't say the last time they met was when he got, you know, burned up. Yeah. They could have met a few times since then. You and, don't know. And, and in fact, actually, I think it makes more sense. To, yes, I mean, I agree. obviously, we're retconning at this point because Lucas had none of this in mind when he said we no. meet again. But uh, it makes more sense 
for him to say we meet again because let's let's face it if it if it goes straight from um burnt crisp from to... burnt crisp yeah then then <laughs> so we meet again would not be appropriate It'd be more like uh look i survived what you did to me or yeah, um, exactly. you know bet you didn't think i was coming back from that one or look what you did to me or something like that rather than just we meet again um yep. so so yeah but i i well we'll we'll have to wait and see i think the difficulty is going to be you want to put something exciting uh, dynamic into that Obi-Wan series uh, but you still have to transition it into how we saw Alec Guinness playing Obi-Wan in, in the first movie That's I think that's a tough transition to make and I'd be very interested to see how they pull that off I don't think they're going to do it in one season I think it's going no, to be well, a I don't think success it's a season either, you're going to see a couple uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but for the big baddie to be Darth Vader in, in the Obi-Wan series makes 100% sense. And let's be honest, we all want to see Darth Vader more. Yeah. We do. Yeah, we do. Of course we do. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fan fiction out there and, and what they call the Legends continuity now, which is books that were written that, w- that were kind of pushed out of the universe when uh, Disney took it on that um, can be used as, as you know, fertile ground Idea. for pulling stories out well they've so. already done that they did yeah. that with Thrawn and yeah. that leads us to the next which was Ahsoka uh, starring Rodo, Rodo, Rosario Dawson yeah um, takes place in the same time frame as the Mandalorian so you can see a crossover there yeah um, obviously her story in Mando was she's looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn. It's basically with it's a series that's going to be a sequel to Star Wars Rebels because that's where that whole storyline came from. You know, yep. what happened to Ezra Bridger who was the protagonist of Star Wars Rebels and and he ended up being whisked away into hyperspace with Thrawn and she's trying to track him down. Yeah, um, I think it's a great way to launch the series. Um I, I heard some people go, they're they're relying too much on the Clone Wars and the cartoons. This is crap. No. They have hundreds of hours worth of content. You, Do you like the Mandalorians in, in the season finale? Guess where that came from? Yeah. Bo-Katan was in the cartoons. Oh, and, the, mean, and the Dark Troopers. Right. And and all of that was when Lucas was in charge of the property. So yeah. don't, don't complain too much because Lucas had a very strong... Um, hand on the creation of Clone Wars TV series. You know, he worked with Dave Filoni. He approved every single character design and story and everything. Um, the next one, you know, we know that it's a spinoff from The Mandalorian. It's called Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic. Um, nobody's really been announced for it yet. We do know it takes place in the same time frame, so I, I don't know anything about it. I'm excited about it, though. Yeah, they they reckon that that's going to be a Cara Dune series, um, and um, no, I heard that it's not going to be a cartoon series. It's well, going to be live action. No, not, in fact, they say not, the not second cartoon, Cara Dune. Oh, Cara Dune. Yeah, yeah. right. But uh, and I know there's some controversy because apparently she's a raging Trump supporter, and a lot of people don't like that. And, you know, I think we really need to get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if if she was if she if she was um, you know a, a raving um, a raving uh, supporter of something that was illegal or uh, truly truly uh, you know horrible, like if she was a Nazi or something like that, then maybe you might say, okay, she needs to not be involved with this property uh, I, anymore. Gonna, but I, I think I'm people's say, political uh, people. I'm, I'm not going to say anything about that because. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think we need to get away from the fact that if people have political views that we don't like, that means they can't ever work again. Right. Um, you know. The next one is an animated series. Now, this came directly from the last season of Clone Wars, and it's called Star Wars The Bad Batch. It takes place right after Clone Wars, right when the Empire has been announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they even show a, a preview. So this is coming out uh, fairly soon, I, I believe it's... I'm not sure when it's coming out. I don't think they said, but it's coming really soon because they've done a lot of stuff for it already. Um, Dave Filoni is shepherding this new show, and you know he's the one that created these characters too. Yeah, it's clones that are defective. Well, defective in some respects. In the views of the Empire, anyway. Well, of the Galactic Republic at the yeah. time, but yes, um, and it looks like it could be really good. 
the next one I don't know anything about the acolyte I know it takes place at the um, it's it's led by a female character and it's the final days of the high Republic which is uh, which is about was well, about a thousand years before yeah yeah something so, like that so this is I mean if you've ever played the video game Knights of the Old Republic this is yeah. kind of you know it's that sort of type of thing you know the Jedi's the height of their powers um before the Republic starts to descend into what becomes the Empire, yeah, um, a long it, it way looks before. Interesting. I mean, yeah. it sounds interesting. I'm, I'm for it. I'm, well, look, we we have said how many times have I said on this show many times? I wish they would start with brand new stories involving brand new characters with none of the baggage of Star Wars, and use that universe as a launching point off for something new. This is what they're going to do, which uh, I applaud them for. Yeah. Obviously, we know nothing about it because you can't tie it back to anything we've seen previously, which is a good thing, I think. You know, we'll see. Last one. Last one is uh, Lando. This one I've got mixed feelings about. Yeah. Um, I always thought Lando makes a really good secondary character. Yeah. Playing off, you know, stronger characters. Yeah. You know, and he's a Han Solo, but he's more of a playboy. Yeah. They, um, they, they used him. I thought they used him very, very well in Rebels because yeah. they, he, he was a, a, an occasional character in Rebels and they kind of. Yep. I, you're absolutely right. He, he's good to flit in, flit out, kind of drive a story along. But know. he's a businessman more yeah, than exactly. anything. And it's like, is that what we care about in Star Wars? Yeah. I don't, well, I don't know. It depends which way they take it. But the, the the only thing that worries me about Lando is that you think Lando, you think Solo, a Star Wars story. And yes. that wasn't great. So No, the movie you know. wasn't, but... Donald Glover in the role was brilliant. no, he he was good, yeah. But but as you say, the the story, the movie, the setting, and everything just really didn't didn't ring very well. Um, and you just worry like with the Lando series that it might be more of the do. same. And and I, I think that I liked it a lot better than you did. Yeah, okay, maybe. But um, the only the only caution I I have over all of this is that um, I? my only concern would be that we don't end up in a situation like we did with the movies, where it was just like, well, let's do all these different Star Wars movies. And we know that it started well and then it went downhill. And, yeah. and I really, really hope that they don't make the same mistake with all of these Star Wars TV properties, that um, there's too much, you know, interference from the higher-ups and... Um, looking towards you know looking towards towards things that don't really suit the property you know like uh too many too many shows too many crossovers too many callbacks too many all of that yeah i don't want to i don't want to show about him trying to build cloud city yeah exactly and and i also you know i don't want to see five or six star wars shows and them all be mediocre do you know what i mean yeah. You know, or, well, or so to far, start well and the, then become mediocre, yeah, because of oversaturation so far, and, and spreading uh, people too thin. Because I think that's what happened with the movies: is they just they were making too many. They didn't have enough creatives um, who weren't left alone to do what they wanted to do. Yeah, there was too much interference, and basically yeah. they spread the entire property too thin, and it all started to become a bit rubbish. Well, you know? I, no, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem was that they didn't have. Uh, anybody in charge, a showrunner, if you will, that really understood the material, understood what fans wanted and what the property demanded, and they were just trying to make money. Whereas I think now, especially with the Mandalorian series, I, I think it's established that, number one, the creatives have to have a love for this material. They have to mm. understand in a way that you know an average director may not. Just because you ran Hill Street Blues as a showrunner doesn't mean that you should get to run a Star Wars, you know. And I think that the success on both a financial level and a critical level, uh, and especially with the fans, shows what we really, really want and what we uh, are going to pay for. And I think that they finally figured that out once. I think this is Kathleen Kennedy setting it up so when she leaves. We have a Dave Filoni type of character that's going to be in charge, well, and yeah, really but, going to but shepherd nobody this. has been announced as being in charge. And and let's face it, the the guys have been successful on the Mandalorian. They're going to yep. be doing 
half of these shows. They're going to be doing The Mandalorian, yep. the, the Boba Fett, the Ahsoka series. Which is what gives me a whole lot yeah. of confidence that they are going to be good. Yeah, that, Just that's like right. I'm but, very confident with, with Marvel yeah, but those and what are, they're doing. But those same guys are not also going to be show running uh, the Acolyte and the Lando series. No, but I think the they're going to have a series. big... Yeah, well, I think they're probably going to be executive producers. I think they're going to be consulted. And I think that Disney's trusting them to say yes or no to these other people until they've established they really do get it. Here's I hoping. think that's what's happening. Well, I, you know, you just got to look to see what's successful. Yeah, and I don't think that Lucasfilm wants to screw things up. No, I don't think they wanted to screw things up the first time around either, but they did. So, well, but um, they were new to the property. They put yeah. the wrong person in charge. They really didn't know what they were going to do. They just spent you know a couple billion dollars to acquire this. They wanted to make some money. I get it, but I think now that with Disney Plus out here and what works and this long-form story and with more interaction and more listening to fans and the true people who love the series and telling you what's wrong with it, I think they're finally starting to listen. Do you and think Yeah, do you think we're done with Star Wars movies for now then? I mean, they've got a pretty no. full slate for the next 3 years at least. Um do you think especially given the current situation and the fact that look, we, we I all think know they're that, waiting for the that, current that, situation. You know, it's going to be end. at least this time next year before we even think that we might be coming out of this and things start coming back to normal because that's no, how long it's going to take, take at least to vaccinate. So, no, it won't do take you that think, long. Do you think? Um, do you think we're done with Star Wars movies, or do you think as soon as things start picking up again, they're going to start making Star Wars movies as well? No, I, I think it's the second. Um, no, it, Star Wars movies is is too big of a deal. But I think they're going to be better at doing it now. Uh, and I think a lot of that still is going to come from the success of The Mandalorian, what people want. Yeah. So, but I don't care about the movies. Well, I don't I, think anybody I, I, does not right at this now. point, I do. I, you no. know, I don't care about many movies at this point because, you know, we're rocking out on what's available to stream. And, uh, you know, we've got a whole load of Marvel stuff coming. We've got WandaVision starting in a couple of weeks' time. Um, you know, it's a it's a good time to be sat home in front of the TV, frankly. So, yeah, absolutely. So, David, I will see you here on Geeks Pub in two weeks. Next week, of course, we'll be back with Tech Fan. If you guys haven't subscribed to Tech Fan, that is our uh, sister show. It's where it started. Well, I guess it really started with the MyMac podcast way back in the day. But for David and I, it started with Tech Fan and wanting to talk about more stuff like this episode, Wonder Woman and Star Wars. Uh, on the next Tech Fan, we do have a special guest, uh, Dave Ginsburg, and uh, you've actually met him in person, as I have, as have I at Max Stock. He podcasts himself. He's really good at it, and uh, he's going to join us on Tech Fan, so make sure you tune in next week to Tech Fan, and we'll uh, talk to Dave. I'll see you then, David. See you then.